Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Before we get started, I wanted to let you know some really exciting news. My new book, The One Through One Method, which I've been working on for three years, is now available for pre-order. You can find it at Barnes & Noble and also Amazon.com. And of course, you can go into your local mom and pop bookstore and ask them to order it for you. When you do place your pre-order for the book, I want to reward you and help you get started immediately with your mindset. All you do is go to 131book, write that down, 131book.com. You'll enter your email address and your order number. And immediately, like that minute, I will send you this free mindset coaching program that I've created as a bonus, as my thank you to you for pre-ordering the book, for supporting me, for being with me along this very, very important, very personal journey. I am so committed to helping you get healthy from the inside out, improving your gut health, and creating a customized approach that works without the fads, without the gimmicks, something that you can do for the rest of your life and change the legacy of health in your family. But you know what? It starts with mindset. So please take advantage of this free bonus. It's a $97 value and it's yours by going to 131book.com for more details. All right, enjoy the show, but don't forget 131book.com. Hey there, welcome to Build Your Tribe. My name is Shalene Johnson. And my name is Brock Johnson. With more than 25 years of experience in a variety of businesses, I promise to share with you the ins, the outs, my failures, and successes. And my goal is to share with you these social media money-making strategies to turn your idea into passive income. Every week, my son, Brock, and I will share with you perspectives that will serve you regardless of the stage that you're at in your business. Whether you're a solo entrepreneur looking to grow your brand in social media or you've got dreams for a global brand, Build Your Tribe is here to serve you. Okay, so recently we started a new podcast group for people who listen to the podcast, both The Shalene Show and Build Your Tribe. It's called The Pod Squad. It's on Facebook, private Facebook group, and you could join it too. But this conversation came up recently where a few people were like, oh, I was going to subscribe to Build Your Tribe, but I just am not interested in starting a business. And then we started talking about, well, you don't listen to Build Your Tribe just because you want to start a business. It's about like ways you can make extra money. Why do you think people believe that it's like all or nothing? Like I have to start a business or I'm just, I have a job or I I have to stay in the same financial position. Why do you think some people don't have the belief that they have the ability to just make some extra income online? I think part of it is kind of the general narrative that's kind of portrayed like you're either an entrepreneur and that's Mm. what you do or, you know, you're working whatever job it is that you're working. And I think also a lot of it is comfortability. It's really comfortability. Yeah. How comfortable you are in a situation is comfortability. It is? Yes. Okay. Comfortability. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And security really is how secure you are in your job and saying like, "Ah, if I like kind of dabble in doing this or trying this or creating this, 
won't that take away from other things? And then won't that hurt the other aspects of my life? So it kind of removes some of that security. That's true. And I think you're right about that. I hadn't thought about the narrative that people probably believe it takes a whole lot more time than, I mean, being an entrepreneur can take up all of your time or a very small amount of your time. But I think the narrative or the belief is, oh, it's going to take so much time to learn mm-hmm. this and to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I think also part of that is kind of, you know, I was talking earlier about just the general narrative of like being an entrepreneur versus not being an entrepreneur. And then also some of the most popular entrepreneurs who shall remain nameless <laughs> kind of propagate this belief of like, it's just grind, 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 hustle. If you want to be successful, if you want to make money, it's got to be all day, all night. Yeah. Forget about your family. You know, it's that's not necessarily how it has to be. This is true. And I think especially for a lot of women, they feel like, well, I need to be here for my family. It's almost like a guilt thing. Like to pursue my own thing makes me feel guilty or would be selfish. So let's talk about money mindsets. Before we started recording today, Brock and I were sitting here talking about like, okay, so what are the most common mindsets that prevent people from making that shift? Because if you can identify that mindset, then you can make a change and make a shift. And I'll go first. So I think the first one is that people look at those who have wealth or success or a business, et cetera, and they think, well, I don't have what it takes. Kind of like, well, that wouldn't be me. I couldn't do that. And what they need to be thinking is, why not me? You've got access to the internet and you have half a brain. You literally only need half a brain. Half. To make some money online. <laughs> Again, this episode is not devoted to like crushing it in business. We're talking to those of you who are new to the show and new to the mindset and need to shift that belief so that you you just start to experience what it's like to make extra money online. I think also a, a part of the whole making just a small amount of money or just getting started online is shifting your mindset from short-term thinking into more long-term thinking. And I think part of that is kind of like understanding that you control your own destiny. So rather Mm -hmm. than circumstances or the economy or whatever hand you've been dealt, I think it's more that you can control your own destiny. You can change things. You can start actually making a small income online or a side income or a passive income online and that you really control that. And it's up to you. It's not, you know the universe's fault. Okay, so give me an example of someone, like you don't have to name names, but like think of an example of someone who has kind of a short-sighted view on where they're at financially and they're not thinking about the long-term. Yeah, well, I have a friend who for a while, he wouldn't go out to eat with us. He wouldn't, you know, go to the movies with us. He wouldn't do any fun things with us as as a college student because it was always, ah, money. Ah, but I can't afford that. And I think it was really a, a short-term thinking by him. And it was because he was focused on all the external things that he wasn't taking control of. But the average person and, might go, well, that sounds like a responsible college student who's living within their means and they are thinking long-term. So what is it about their circumstances that you feel like it was more about a scarcity mindset or a short-term mindset? I think that they had just as many resources and probably even more resources and more opportunity than a lot of us who were enjoying things like going out to eat or, or, you know, going to the movies. That's a good example. I like to think 
you know, a few friends who I know who are, they're in a nice situation, like a comfy job or like a, a great consulting opportunity. And that's all they're focused on. They're not paying attention to the fact that the riskiest thing that you can do is have one thing. That is like the riskiest thing you can do, whether it's a job or even one business or, you know, like I've got friends who are in network marketing organizations and it's great, but you got to be looking at the possibility of that going away. Like tomorrow, the government could shut down network marketing or they could find an ingredient in, you know, the whatever supplement you're taking that's outlawed or banned. I mean, you just, I think to think long-term, you have to assume that as comfortable as you are, you need that future plan. It's the professional athlete. Like a lot of, you know, guys that you hang out with are hoping obviously to go into the pros, which is great. Mm -hmm. But like, even if they, okay, let's just say they make it, mm -hmm. that's going to last for a minute. So what's the plan after that? Yeah. And, and as you're talking, kind of remind me of another friend of mine. He really had a, a similar resources to the first friend, similar economic status and, and opportunity, but he had really diversified even as a college student his streams of income. He was constantly looking of little ways that he could create side incomes for himself to allow himself to enjoy, you know, the, the finer things in life and the, and the college experience. And it was because he didn't look at his past and think, oh, this is just a hand I'm dealt. I'm always going to be, you know, poor or whatever. I'm always going to be on, on the lower end. Uh -huh. He saw it as an opportunity to grow and to network and to build these relationships and to start building a side income from a bunch of random little side gigs in college. Mm -hmm. And then he'll never, I've never once in my life heard him say, I can't afford that or that's too expensive. He'll just say, I got to figure out a way. I will figure out a way to make that work. Perfect example. And I know who that is. So props to him. Props <laughs> DL. You know what? So that's, that's like you said, similar resources. I don't even know if it's resources, but he was raised in maybe a similar situation or where the mindset of the people around him might have been one where they're not thinking long-term, but DL definitely thinks like his mindset is one of abundance. Yes, like, absolutely. And that's, you know, the next thing I wanted to say is that you need to have an abundance mindset around money. And what I mean by that is you have to believe more is coming to you. Mm -hmm. And the more you invest in yourself and the more you invest in other people, the more that's coming to you. I'll hear people say like, well, I want to start a business, but doesn't it cost money to buy a domain? I'm like, yeah. Like a dollar. <laughs> well, some cases, yeah. Like literally <laughs> in some cases you can buy discount domains for like a dollar. But let's say it was $100. Are you kidding me? Like you have to believe that when you invest in yourself and your ideas and other people, more is coming to you. You have to believe you are abundantly blessed in order for God to rain more down on you. And I just, I know so many people, they're like, Sorry, they're so freaking cheap about their dreams. <laughs> it's like, what are you thinking? Like, if you are cheap-minded and you have a scarcity mindset around money, that's what you're going to create more of. Yep, I totally agree. And then I think part of that is once you get started into whatever it is you're doing, you have to recognize that failures are a part of the equation. Yeah. And I like to think of it as lessons rather than losses. So I can tell you, even though social media might be this, you know, perfect idealized world where we only show the best of ourselves and it's kind of like a highlight reel, we all have lots of failures and I've had tons of failures in my business. Mm -hmm. But I, rather than calling them failures or losses, 
I'll just call them lessons to learn, new opportunities for growth. Because when you're laying on the ground, the only place you can go from there is up. That's a good one. I'm glad you said that because I want to ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Do you think it is more difficult for people who were raised with a standard of perfection to take that leap and do something risky like, you know, making money online because there's this belief that like, oh, I've got to do everything right. And bottom line is if you're going to make money online, you're going to make a lot of mistakes, which some people might call failures, but you've got to fail enough times in order to have success. Failure is actually part of the success equation. There's no one's podcast or book or TED talk or biography that you're going to read of a successful person who didn't fail a bajillion times. In fact, the more they've failed, the bigger their success. And I just think that there's these type of individuals, you know them, they're so caught up in doing everything right. They're, they're mm -hmm. so afraid to make a mistake mm -hmm. that I wonder if it's harder for that type of individual to adopt the make money online mindset. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that the toughest part of anything is just getting started. Mm -hmm. And I think a big part of that is because we're trying to make things perfect before we start. Mm. And, and I heard a quote literally yesterday that is, if you're a perfectionist, if you're seeking perfection, you're kind of disrespecting the human condition. Like what it means to be human is to be imperfect. So for you to try to be perfect is kind of disrespecting the very nature of what it means to be human. Mm. I don't know. I thought that was kind of profound and, and just cool to think about. So deep. <laughs> but I, yeah, I think that the toughest part is always going to be getting started. And that's because we're going to try and want to tighten up all the bolts and make everything perfect when actually the best way to be successful is to just get started. Like the sloppier you can get started, the faster you can get started and push through that initial step, the sooner you will become more successful and the more likely you will be to actually improve over time than if you just spend forever trying to get that email template looking right or trying to get your website perfectly tied down or trying to make sure everything is perfect. Mm. Hey, I've got some really exciting news. We are returning. We're back on the road with The Shaleen Show Live. In conjunction with my book launch party, I am taping a live episode of The Shaleen Show at the Saban Theater in Beverly Hills on April 18th. Now that is a Thursday. Pod Squad, I would love to meet you. This is going to be really special. I mean, they're all really special because I get to meet you and you guys get to meet each other and they're fun and it's the ultimate girls night out. And fellas, if you were smart, you should come with your lady or you should come to find yourself the love of your life because I have the smartest, funnest, coolest, most amazing audience and I can't wait for you guys to meet each other. So grab your tickets now. You can find them by going to shaleenshowlive.com. General admission starts at $39 and I don't know if they'll be available at the time that you're listening to this, but we did make just a few special seats available for people who basically want to spend the day with me and Brett and the team. You'll go to lunch with us. You'll hang out backstage. We'll pop some champagne. You'll help me pick out my outfit. We'll have a good time. You'll meet the drag queen who happens to be emceeing the show. Like this is a once in a lifetime experience. Hey, don't wait. Go to shaleenshowlive.com and I will see you on Thursday, April 18th. Mediocracy. I think that's another mindset. Like some people, they just look at like their parents' lives, 
or the people <clears throat> around them, and they just go, well, th- this is just what it's supposed to look like. This is the nicest house I'll ever live in. This is the nicest car I'll ever drive, and this is the smallest my debt will ever be. And they just are like, well, it's medium. It's mediocre. Mm-hmm. I'm accepting it. And then there are those people that are like, they know where they're at is just scratching the surface, that mm-hmm. they, they know like huge things are ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is people have such different views on what's acceptable or what's exciting? Yeah, I think a lot of it is just kind of not knowing. You know, DL, when he came down here and visited with us last year and hung out with us for a week or so, he said it was one of the best weeks he's ever had in his life because it opened up mm. his eyes to like what could be possible, like mm. what he could obtain. Mm. And really, a lot, of, a lot of this whole business stuff and all these little side ventures he's been doing has been since then. Mm. And he said, you know, I, I didn't know a lot of this was possible. Mm. So even though I'm somewhat hesitant to share this, because I know that comparison can be the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. And if we spend all of our days looking at who has it better, you know, keeping up with the Joneses or the Kardashians mm-hmm. on social media, it can feel like, oh, but, you know, I'm just not at that level. I do think it is important to recognize and realize, like, there are bigger and better things. There's always bigger and better things out there. And it is possible for anyone to obtain them. I think that there's a big distinction between comparison and possibilities. Mm. And I think that's one of the reasons why I encourage people to come to Marketing Impact Academy, come to our live event, because you'll meet people that will help you understand possibilities. You'll see it. It's one thing to like see it from afar and think that that person must have something special. They must have different DNA, whatever it is. But when you realize people are just like you, mm-hmm. you know, average intelligence. Same fears. Same fears. Yeah. Everything. Same insecurities. But it's possible and possibilities inspire us. And what that does is it makes mediocrity unacceptable. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with that. And I also think that it's really important to when you're first getting started and you're first trying to, you know, create something on the side is to actually think about how valuable is your time. Luckily, this was something that I learned from you when I was really young. Because friends would come over and we'd have a housekeeper at home and they'd be like, oh, you're rich. Brock has a maid. And I'd be like, she's not a maid. She's a housekeeper. She doesn't live here. But you were very good about teaching Sierra and I. Well, I shouldn't speak for her, but definitely good about teaching me about why that was Uh and why having a housekeeper to have the house, you know, do the laundry and have the house looking nice Uh allowed you more free time to do more of what you loved and to create a better life for us and our family. Yeah. And so I think that when you actually think about how valuable your time is, you'll recognize what you should be doing and maybe more importantly, what you shouldn't be doing. An intentional life requires more thought. And that sounds, you know, I I wrote that down in my notes a while ago. And every time I look at it, I'd be like, that's not that good of a quote. Like an intentional life requires more thought. Like, yeah, of course, an intentional life requires more thought. But the more I actually thought about it, it's actually so true. If you want to live intentionally and you want to be purposeful and have intention behind your time and put value into your time, you actually have to think about it. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. actually have to think and do some math, do some calculating. How much is my time worth? How much is an hour of my time worth? If I'm going to spend an hour doing laundry or an hour creating content for Facebook, Where's the trade-off there, you know? And I think that's really important. It's something that me as a relatively young entrepreneur, new entrepreneur, 
uh, helped me a lot when it came to hiring people and outsourcing and, and delegating tasks. Well, let me explain. <laughs> That's a really good point. And I did worry about how you guys, you and Sarah, would be judged or how your friends might interpret that, which is why I always explained to you why we were doing that. And just for you, the listener, to understand when Brett and I, and I've told this story before, but when we hired our first housekeeper, I guess you could call her, her name was Inez, mm. and she worked six hours a week. She came in twice a week. I think at first twice a week, eventually went to three times a week, but she came in twice a week and spent three hours doing laundry. And while the laundry was drying or washing, she would also clean. And we hired her. Brett forced me to hire her because I told him we were so far in debt. P.S. We were so deep in debt, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. So like if you're at $30,000 or $100,000, this is like a whole nother level of debt. The type of debt that I had so much guilt to spend a dollar on anything, let alone something that I believed was like made me a good mom, like doing the laundry and cleaning the house. But it also became what I would procrastinate with. Like I could not work unless I felt like everything was in its place. All the laundry had been put away and all the dishes were clean, et cetera. So it was becoming an obstacle for me. And also when I really focused and did the work I needed to do that only I could do, I could make us so much more money. To Brett's point, he's the money guy. He would say, do you realize that we are basically paying you like $300 an hour to do the laundry? I'm like, no, I'm saving us money. He's like, no, no, because that's, that is time that you could just be doing what only you could do. So let's just hire someone for two weeks. And if it doesn't go well, well, then we don't have to keep going with it. Mm -hmm. And that's what we did. So we hired her and... Literally, that was the first year we made a million dollars. I mean, a million dollars saved. Like that was a pivotal transition for us. And I always wanted to teach that to you and Sierra so that you would understand that your time was the most valuable thing that you owned. There were other people who you could hire to do things better than what you did. You could hire people so that you could spend time doing the things that only you could. Mm -hmm. can do. Mm -hmm. So by the way, um, we've got a freemium for you guys. This is a, a really brilliant checklist. Go to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash VA checklist. That freemium is not going to be available forever. So it depends on when you're listening to this episode. We are going to be taking it down eventually and it's going to be part of a introductory offer. So at the time being, it's free y'all. So you better grab it while you can. Do not delay. Okay. That link again shaleenjohnson.com forward slash VA checklist. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important. Like, I, I love that point that time should be our most valuable asset. It should be what we value more than anything else. And we all have the same amount. Mm -hmm. I have as many hours in my day as you, yeah. as Warren Buffett, as a homeless person down the street. Everyone yeah. has the same number of hours in their day. It's really about how much do you value those hours and how are you spending? Yes. How are you spending them? And also, I, you made a good point that I liked that we weren't planning on talking about, but it's how it doesn't all have to be permanent. Right. It's temporary. Like yep. you said, like you were, it, it was going to be a two-week trial. Mm -hmm. When I first hired my first virtual assistant, it was a two-week trial. Mm -hmm. When I hired my YouTube editor, it was a 
two video trial. Mm -hmm. Not everything has to be permanent, but if you try things, you allow yourself to see the possibilities, to see where success can happen or what can be improved. So, you know, maybe if you're still struggling with the idea of starting a business or creating a side hustle or, or just getting started with anything, instead of thinking it of the start to something, just think of it as a trial. You're just going to try this out. You're dating the idea. You don't have to be married to it. Mm -hmm. Ooh, to bring it back to time, that was one of the comments that I got in the pod squad. I said, how come you don't listen to build your tribe? You know, if, if it's a matter of like, who doesn't need more money, right? Like who doesn't need a little extra income? And this person said, time. Mm. I wish I could, it's just time. Mm. And, you know, without disrespecting this person, I said, I get that. But I think a more honest answer might be to say, it's not a priority. There you go. Because we all have time. Mm -hmm. But when we decide something is important to us, then we make it a priority mm -hmm. and we find time for that and we eliminate things that are sucking up our time and really aren't moving our lives forward. Mm -hmm. I mean, you want to talk about time and not having any. Mm -hmm. I don't have much time. I'm a full-time business owner, also mm -hmm. a full-time student, also a full-time college athlete. What makes you a full-time business owner? That I... You have a full-time income from it. I have a full-time income from my business, but mm -hmm. I wouldn't say I spend nine hours a day on my business, but I spend a good three or four hours a day on my business. Different seasons. Yes, yes. And I think it also that seasonality is, is important here. But I, I'm juggling a lot of balls at once. I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm doing quite a bit. But one of my goals in the new year was to listen to a podcast a day. Mm -hmm. And so that was a priority to me. Mm -hmm. And so I did. And I listened to at least a one hour podcast every single day for, for a long time. And it's you get smarter. I don't want to get you in trouble mm. at your university and such, but would you say you've learned more oh about... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> do you know yes. where I'm going with yes. this? Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. You can learn. That's the that's one of the most beautiful things about the internet. Wait, I didn't finish my okay, question. finish your question. <laughs> I think people know, but like, because I, I definitely feel like I've learned 10 times more listening to free podcasts mm -hmm. than I did in my four-year degree, and obviously you feel the same way, but what were you saying? Yeah, I mean... I'm a communication major, so it is applicable to business. And I do learn some good theories from time to time. And really, if there was any major that should help me out as an entrepreneur, it should probably be this communication major. Because not a business major? No, not a business major. Because if you're a business major, <laughs> no offense to business majors, but business majors just do a lot of math. Well, and you can say that with authority because you were a business, a business major at business Georgetown major. University. And, and which I was is... a business major when I first got to Davis before oh. I became a communication major. But with all that being said, oh my gosh, I have learned so much more from YouTube videos and mm -hmm. podcasts and just free things online, not to mention online courses and online trainings and webinars, but just from free resources online, way more than I have in college classes. So what would you say to someone who their kids come to them and said like, you know, I really don't know if I, I want to be an entrepreneur and I don't know that I need to go to college. How do you handle that one? Yeah, I just think that, well, first of all, I'm not a parent, so... That we know of. Would you quit saying that? <laughs> um, but I would just say that college isn't a necessity anymore. 20, 30 years ago, going to college was a big leg up. It's not a necessity to make money. There you go. But what Or to be successful. It, like, okay, your sister, mm -hmm. right? How would you have felt if she didn't go to school this year? Because obviously she's going to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. You're not a parent, but you kind of parent her sometimes. True. How would you feel if your sister had said this year, I don't want to go to college. I just want to work on, you know, 
figuring out how to make money. I would have just really wanted to see some progress from her mm-hmm. and some real action rather than just dreams, but actually goals mm-hmm. and actually taking steps, creating a website, creating a ebook, creating things like that and actually being committed to it. Because I do think that there are some benefits to going to college. Structure. Mm-hmm. Structure is one of them. Commitment, like finishing something that you start. Yes. Um, and then I think probably the biggest benefit of college is connections, social mm. ties, yeah. networking. There's lots of opportunities like that and people you meet and great uh, resources you find through college. So yeah. I love that. So if you have the opportunity to go to college, I'm not going to say, you know, shoot it down. Right. But if you're, you know, if financially you're not going to be able to make it work, you don't have a mom who was on full house, who's going <laughs> to teach your way oh, no. in the USC, you know, if it's going to be really tough for you to go to college and you're not that into it and you're just going to be like, oh, I'll pick a major when I get there. Because I yeah. think that is a difference too. Some people obviously have to go to college. If you want to be a doctor, you can't just learn about it on YouTube. True. If you want it, like in Sierra's <laughs> case, if you want to be a, a fashion designer, it's going to be tougher to learn it on YouTube. You know, yeah. you should probably yeah. go to fit them. Right. But if you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to build a side hustle, a lot of the jobs that you can do, and especially, especially this is huge. With so much of the world being automatized by mm-hmm. robots. Would that be automatized or automated? Automated. All right. But automatized sounds funner. All right. But w- with so many jobs being taken over by robots, uh-huh. we have to think about what kind of career is going to exist 10 years from now. What kind yes. of jobs are going to exist 10 years from now? And what can't a robot do? A robot can't have personality. Mm-hmm. A robot can't really have emotion. A robot mm-hmm. can't have feelings. It can't tell stories and it can't live life the way that humans can i think you're right and a robot can't make another person feel Mm -hmm. the same way Mm -hmm. someone else can yeah this is some good stuff so i hope you guys really enjoyed this i want you to share it with someone because obviously the majority of the people are listening to this you're already an entrepreneur you're already in this money mindset you you know and you believe that there's a way for you to make money online but i bet you've got some friends who maybe they are only in one thing. They've got all their eggs in one basket and they're not thinking long-term. They're not seeing the possibilities. Share this episode with them. And next week on Thursday, Brock and I are going to come back with another episode designed specifically for those of you who are trying to figure out an additional simple stream of income, not necessarily business, but just like, okay, this is great. I got it. I want to adopt this mindset. Where do I start? What's the first thing that I should do to just be making a little bit of extra money online. And this will serve those of you who have a single business, a singular stream of income. And it will serve those of you who have friends or family members who maybe are stay-at-home moms, or maybe they're in a full-time career and they need that extra stream of income. Who doesn't? That will be next Thursday. Mm -hmm. It was a good time having you here, Brock. Thanks for having me. And as always, happy networking. And it is my objective to be brief, to be bright, to be fun, and then be done. We're done. Deuces.